pair of glasses here. Forgot to get them out. Uh, turn with me to the book of Titus. We're going through that book. And uh, Titus chapter 1. Let me give you these things a cleaning and see if I can see anything out of them. I generally do that and take them back there and wash them and everything. And I was running around here and I got talking and running my mouth and I forgot it. You know, I can forget more stuff. Y'all have a problem with that. Any of y'all forget things? One. Married, you don't, me and you don't want to forget anything. rest of them got steel traps for memory. <laughs> or lying like a dog one. I don't know which one it is. But anyhow... Hold on. Y'all don't hear me now, do you? Don't seem like this is my day. Can you hear me now? All right. Titus, chapter 1. I covered verse 5 last week, but let me use that as a place to start this morning, okay? And uh, so, Titus, chapter 5. Remember now, Paul is writing this letter to Titus. And when Paul went to Titus on his missionary journey, he left Titus there to establish the churches. And so let's begin with verse number five. And he tells us that in this verse. For this cause left I thee in Crete, Paul says. This is why I left you. And he's going to tell us about why he did that here in these verses, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. In other words, Paul says, I want you to ordain the elders in every city. The, the word wanting there is the same word for lacking. Uh, the church were, they, they, they had elders and they were lacking some things. And uh, some things in the church had been left undone. So they needed some leadership in those churches that they're setting up. Now, by the way, the Isle of, of Crete is a wicked place. I mean, uh, it's just a wicked place to be. And so he says, uh, things that are wanting, things that are lacking, and they're ordained elders in uh, every city as I had appointed thee. If any be, and he's, he says, here's the qualifications. Now, you, if you recall in 1 Timothy, there's, Tim, there's, a, or, there's instructions and rules laid down for the pastors, the overseers, the bishops, and also for the deacons. Well, here, here Paul tells Timothy some things. Uh, not Timothy, Titus. Boy, I'm getting my eye tooth tangled around them. I can't see what I'm saying or something here this morning. And look what he says in verse 6. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of right or unruly. Speaking, this is talking about the elders. The ones that Paul says to Timothy, check them out. If you're going to have leaders in the church, you need leaders that you can depend on. If you got a pastor, you want to be able to depend on your pastor. If you got deacons, you want to be able to depend on your deacon. Anybody, anybody in leadership. Well, right here, speaking of elders, he says uh, the, they need to be blameless. It didn't say sinless, but they need to be honest in their actions and in their dealings. 
And then he goes on to say about this in verse number six. There to be the husband of one wife having believing children. Children that are uh, now right here uh, talking about unruly. Uh, there in verse number six, the, the children. You're not to have kids that get in rights. Uh, in other words, they they don't pay no attention to mom and dad. They don't want to listen to anybody. Uh, this kind of children, and the parents don't instruct them in the right way, and doesn't try to bring them up right, and don't try to teach them right. Uh, then he says, "Hey, you don't need this kind of man." Now, a lot of times you can try to teach a child right, and he don't go right. Amen. But that's, I don't believe he's really talking about that. And, but those that are unruly. And then he goes on to say, he's talking about Christian elders who are leaders in the church. Children are not to be accused of being in rights or unruly. And Proverbs 28, 7 says, Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a company of, uh, he is a companion of riotous men, shameth his father. And so you want to, a mom and dad is going to try to raise their, train their children upright. I remember when I was a teenager, uh, we went to a basketball game one night. And uh, I played basketball and we got through with the game and some of my buddies, so-called buddies, they said, they had been going and doing some things in Winston-Salem that they shouldn't have done. And that was back in the 50s. And they said, Jerry, why don't you go with us? And I didn't believe they were doing what they told me. And so I decided to go with them. Well, my mom and dad had taught me better than to do some of the things that they were doing. I knew better than that. But I, I didn't figure that. I thought they were just shooting a line, you know, how teenagers are. And so we jumped in the car, and man, they were doing, I'm not going to go into it, what they were doing, but they were doing what they said they were doing. And I, I told them, I said, we drove around town once for a while, I said, you take me home. And uh, they, they said to me, uh, uh, Jerry, don't you like this? I said, you take me home. And I mean it. I was, I was a pretty bull-headed teenager when I was growing up, and I was a pretty stout feller. And uh, I figured I could take anybody in that car, so uh, they took me home. <laughs> and, uh, but you know what? If they had called us that night, if the law had, I would have been arrested. And uh, I would have went to jail. I'd have probably had a record. Even though I hadn't done anything, I was just there. But I was with the wrong people. See what I'm saying? Well, right here in this verse, uh, sometimes if you got children that's right and unruly, then uh, and, and nobody takes a hand to them. I believe that's what it's really referring to. And then he goes on in verse number seven. For a bishop must be blameless. A bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, and not given to filthy lucre. What's he saying here? For a bishop, a preacher, an overseer, he must be an elder, an individual who is a mature person. He's a leader in the church. 
He says uh, there in verse number 7, he's not to be self-willed. What's that? Well, he's not. You know, sometimes we, it's my way or no way. It's, I, we're going to do it like I want to do it. And you got your own will and your own way and your own desires and you think and they, you're an elder in the church and God says you're not to put men in that's got a self-will. You're to put men in that wants to do God's will. Amen? They want to do what God would have them to do. They want to do like they're supposed to do. But we've, we've got, nowadays there is a lot of people in the church that are self-willed. They want the pastor to listen to what they, you, you, they tell the preacher. And this ain't no joke. We'll tell you what to preach, so to speak. That ain't, hey, by the way, that's not a deacon's job to tell the preacher what to preach. I've been a deacon at this church for a long time, and that's not my job. Never told one what to preach. Never will. He's to get his messages just like from God. Lord will tell him what he wants to preach. And I don't know of any deacons, and I've been here a long time, and I don't know of any deacons at all that's ever tried to tell a preacher here at Freedom Baptist Church what to preach. Not a one. Well, I'll change that. I, I I do know maybe one or two that got out of line with it, but I wouldn't tell you who they are for loving their money. But be that as it may. And then he says, so we don't want nobody that's self-willed. We, that you want to put me in there and want to do God's will. And then look at that, not soon angry. You know, some people carry a chip on their shoulder and just anyone, just daring anybody to knock it off. You ever know anybody like that? I mean, man, they're touchy about anything and everything. You say something, you look at them cross-eyed and you done got a fight <clears throat> on your hands. Hey, not soon angry. Don't go around carrying a chip on your shoulder. Man, I don't think they ought to do this. And I don't think they ought to do that. And you're just waiting for somebody to make some little accusation. Hey, if you, you don't want to put a leader in like that. No. And then it goes on to say, not soon angry, not given to wine. You know, God don't need a drunk to take care of the church nor a social drinker. If they're a social drinker, you don't put them in as nothing. And I know some churches right now that they're having a dispute because that church that I'm going to, I'm not going to call their name, not over the air, because I know some people that's probably listening. But you know what? They, the, the, the first pastor they brought in, their pastor resigned. They brought in another one. And that pastor was kind of the one that they was voting on. He didn't get voted in. But, you know, he kind of leaned toward social drinking. There's nothing much wrong with social drinking. Just go out and have your little toddy. I, you don't need a man or a leader in the church that's going around drinking. I don't give a flip if it's social drinking or what kind of drinking it is. You don't need that. And you don't put them in. Amen. You best say Amen. 
you don't put them in. Hey, so not given to wine. Something that'll make you drunk. Leave it alone. So Jerry, you're pretty dogmatic. Yeah, on some things I am. And then it goes on, look at the next thing. No striker. He's not to be violent. Uh, he, he's not to be uh, wanting to fight over this and wanting to argue over this and argue over that and it doesn't make any difference. Anything comes up, he just, hey, he's anti this and anti church and anti God and anti he's No striker. Don't put him in. Then look at the next thing. He's not given to filthy lucre. He's not covetous. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in the, in the ministry for the money. That's true. Especially on TV. A lot of them, all they're in it for is the money. Hey, send us money. That's all you hear about. It. If they got a program on TV about everything you hear, they got something to say about send money, send money, send money. You know, I, I, you know what I think? Let me just throw this out. I believe, and what I'm fixing to say, if God's people that are called by God's name will tithe and give what God lays on their heart to give as far as offerings go, I don't think the church will have a need for everybody to send them money. I, I believe God will take care of the church when the members of it tithe and do what they're supposed to do financially, God will take care of it. He has here at Freedom. We've never had to have a car wash, a couple of chairman of deacon boards that have been in the past. I don't know of a car wash or anything like that we've ever had to raise money, do y'all? God, hey, God's people give and Freedom Baptist Church, we ain't got no debt. We're in good shape financially. Amen. That's good. That's a blessing. Why? Because God's people are doing what they're supposed to do. Hey, but now, look, it goes on in the next verse. Now, remember, Paul's, Paul left Titus at Crete to set things in order in the church. And here's what he's telling Paul in these verses to do. This is not me telling. It's not a bad thing. This is God. These words are God's words. So I don't like them. We well, better take it up with the Lord. It ain't our problem. Hey, and look what he goes on saying, verse 8 and 9. And when he comes to this verse, I believe he's saying some things that, uh, that God's people, how God's people ought to be. He told us up there in those verses not to be, uh, uh, how, you know, the things that he's mentioned there, not to be self-willed, uh, soon angry, given to wine, not to be a striker, not to be covetous. Uh, over filthy lucre, money, and so on and so forth. Now here in verse number 8, look what he says in verse 8 and 9. But a lover of hospitality. God says, I want my people to be a lover of hospitality. Be gentle. Be hospitable. hospitable. I can't even say that word. But a lover of hospitality. A lover of good men. Hey, look at that. Sober, just, holy, temperate. But here in these verses 8 and 9 is what God does want his leaders to be like. And he just lists it down here. He wants us to be fond of guests, hospitable, love people. Hey, you know my mom, I remember when I was a boy, she'd give people the shirt off her back. Now I'm serious, she would. 
Mama, Daddy was a little more tight than Mama was. And uh, she would, I heard, she'd been there sometime. Now, Ray, you know we need to do this. And she'd give and give and give and give. And you know, I believe that's what you and I need. To, we need to be hospitable. We need to love people. Hey, and then sober, sober-minded, to be uh, just uh, sober-minded, to be just and doing right and being right and acting right and conducting ourselves right. And then he goes on, holy, that word holy, unblameable, pure from evil conduct. That's the, that's the kind of leaders we need, Le- loving leaders. Hey, temperate, we need some leaders that's got some self-control about them. Hey, that's the kind of leaders you need in here. Temperate, uh, that can control their temper, control their, uh, their tongue, control their words, their actions. Hey, if you can't control eh, that thing right there, you're going to have problems. Control that tongue. You know, that tongue can get you in a lot of trouble. It will. If we're not careful, we'll get off on it. Well, bless God, I think you ought to do it this way. Your will comes in. Hey, so here we've got the kind of leaders that God needs. You say, well, buddy, I think it, and you, it ain't what you think, it's what God says. And so Paul, now remember, we're going to see something about the church of Crete, if I get down to it there. And he goes on through here, and he says, uh, holy, unblameable, look at verse number uh verse number nine, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, Here's what you're supposed to do. Teaching the truth of the Bible. Holding fast. Look at it. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the the gainsayer. So what's he saying here? Teach the truth. He's telling Titus. Titus, you teach the word of God. Don't you back down on it. Look at me. We got preachers and teachers all over this United States that's backing down. They're backpedaling on the Word of God. That's why we're having problems in our churches with homosexuality because preachers are backing down and members and Christians are backing down on the Word of God. That's why we got problems with abortion in the churches and they're not taking the stand that we need to take in a church because preachers and teachers and deacons are backing down on the Word of God and the church membership wants them to back down. That's going on all across America right now. They don't want to preach what thus saith the Lord God. And Paul here says, Timothy, you preach it. Or not Timothy, Titus, you preach it. Hey, I'm to get up here and I'm to tell the truth. I want to tell what this book says. Our preacher back here, he he tells what this book says. As far as I know, every teacher in this church does. Teach it. Is that not what he's saying there? Look at it. Hey, 
teaching the truth. Verse number nine, let me read. If any be blameless, the husband, wait a minute, that's verse six. Holding fast the faithful words as he hath been taught. The word of God that's laid down, hold it fast, teach it, preach it. That's what he's saying. Hey, teach the truth of the Bible, the holy word, but also living it in front of others. You know, you can say one thing and live something else. Huh? You can act one way and walk another. We want to live like God wants us to live, act like God wants us to act. Listen to what it says in, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42. Let me read you this verse. It, this is said of the new converts when they got saved, when Peter, Peter was preaching over in Acts. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. That's what they'd done. They stayed in the book. The elder is to teach sound doctrine. He's to exhort. Hey, he's, when a gainsayer comes by and starts teaching something that's not true, Paul said, you rebuke him. That's what the gainsayer, you tell that gainsayer to shut his mouth and you set him down in the church and you don't allow him to teach something that's not true. You don't allow him to teach contrary to the word of God. Now that's what Paul is telling Titus. Hey, I want to tell you something. If he was telling Titus back then, he's telling us today. Because that, that letter right there is the word of God and it's a, it's a letter to all the churches. The gainsayers. Hey, if they get in there teaching something that's not truth, then you take a stand against it. That's what he's telling us to do. I want to ask you something. Are the churches today, the majority of them doing that? They're not. They're not. And our churches is getting in trouble. That's why you run around and you see them, they're, they're closed on Sunday night. And they're closed on Wednesday night. And they're cutting their services short. And they won't preach what thus saith this Lord. They give you a little bitty sermonette. That ain't what God said to do. Hey, look at verse number 10. For there are, and look at this, for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. And when it's talking about they of the circumcision, it's talking about Judaizers. You know, I was there at the house, and when I read this verse, I had, I looked at one of John Phillips' books. And I, I, I read after him some. I read after uh, J. Vernon McGee some. I read after Oliver Green some. I read after, I don't know who all I got commentaries on. I got some good ones and I, I'll, I'll just kind of run by it. I, I read what John Phillips had to say and I wrote it down. I want to give it to you. I, I, I just put it down on paper, most of, some of it, not all of it. But let me read it to you concerning vain talkers. Another, what is that? Bunch of nonsense. Okay? Listen to what he said there concerning. He says, the Greek word indicates that they talk nonsense. That's what a vain talker is. He's just talking a bunch of nonsense. 
Well, what all is he saying? Certainly, a great deal of nonsense is taught today when the guise of, through the guise of religion, philosophy, and science. Hey, all the cults, John Phillips said, talk nonsense. Here's an example. To say, as does Christian science, this is what Christian science said, and I've read this before. As does say Christian science. Christian science says that pain is an era of the mortal mind. Now that's nonsense. What, what do you mean by that? They're saying Christian science taught and they teach that if you're out working, I'll just use this as an example, and you're driving a nail and you miss the nail and you hit your thumb and you go, oh, that hurts. They said that's all in your mind. It's not really hurting. Now that's nonsense. But that's what they teach. They say if I walk over here to Kathy and I say something to her and she kicks me on the shin and that thing's about to kill me. And oh, oh, you know what they say? Jerry, that's all in your mind. It does not really hurt. Is that nonsense or not? I'll ask you, is it? That's what they teach, Christian science. Mary Aker, Mary Baker Eddie Patterson, their leader who started it. You know what she said when she died? She said, bury me with the telephone. I'm going to call you back. Line ain't been busy. Ain't nobody heard from her. She ain't called back yet. Hey, but... He goes on to say, he says, all of them talk nonsense. Now, where did I get to? Uh, that's, that's Christian science. Uh, let, let me go to another one here. He goes on to say, I wrote some more down. Yeah, here it is. Here, here's one, the Mormons, Mormonism. To say, as does Mormonism, that we can work our way to becoming God's. That's nonsense. You're not going to work your way into becoming gods. Now, I know over in Revelation is what it says, but they say you can, down here on earth, you're going to work your way into becoming a god. Kathy, have you got there yet? I ain't either. Terry? Jeff? Mike? Mike ain't in here. Daryl? Daryl have. <laughs> Seriously, that's nonsense. All right, notice he also goes on to say, uh, we can work our way to becoming God is nonsense. Nonsense, as old, nonsense is as old as the devil, as as old as the devil's lie to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Boy, he lied to her. To teach as do Buddhists, Hindus, the New Agers, that we are reincarnated in life after life is nonsense as an evidence by people who recall having been Napoleon in the past life or Mickey Mouse in some other life. In other words, they're saying, I used to be John Wayne, and I died, and I come back as Paul Revere, <laughs> you know. That's nonsense. And by the way, you know what that is? Vain talking. That's just empty, useless 
vain, nonsense talking. That's like when we get down here at the thing with all these men, there's a bunch of... (laughs) Here's a bunch of nonsense goes on down there. We laugh and cut up, but hey, here's religion. They're talking vain talking. Just, just, uh, hey, for there are many unruly, look at verse number 10 is where we at. For there are many unruly and vain talkers there in Crete where Titus is at. And Paul says, and deceivers. And especially they of the circumcision, especially the Judaizers. And he goes on to say, whose mouths must be stopped. Hey, these people that's coming out talking all this nonsense, Paul says their mouths must be stopped. And that word stopped in the Greek means muzzled. That's what it means. You need to put put a muzzle on them to shut them up. It goes on down through here. In verse number, uh, verse number eleven. I lost my spot. Where am I at? I'm in second. I'm on them. Flipped the wrong page, y'all. I'm in Second Timothy. Whose mouths must be stopped? Who subvert? That word subvert means to overthrow whole houses, teaching things that they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. If Paul's saying, if you don't stop them, if you don't stop their mouths, if you don't muzzle them, they're going to overthrow the, and they come into your church and they're false teachers. You know what they're going to do? They're going to overthrow the whole church. Hey, you let people come into the church that teach lies and teach things that are not true, and they sit there and you say, well, that guy's a CEO of a big country, that's, of a company, brother. Let's put him in as a, as a deacon, as a chairman of the deacon board. You don't put people in as that position. Just because they got a position in the world don't mean you put them in something in the church. And boy, there are some that do that. And Paul here says, don't do it. These Judaizers were coming in. Paul says, you've got to stop the things that they're doing. They're in verse number 11, who subvert. If you don't, they're going to subvert whole houses, teaching things that they ought not for money's sake. Look at it, verse 12. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own. This is speaking about the Cretans that Timothy's trying to work with. One said, the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. You know what? They had it. They, I, I was reading historians or history about that. The Isle of Crete, the Romans used it for a military base. The Romans used it where they could train their soldiers. And a lot of them would come, and one of their prophets made that statement. They're liars. They said, when I read the history about some of this, they said they're the biggest lying bunch of people you ever run across. They were known for their liars, their lies, rather. And then it said they're slow bellies. I jotted down what some of that meant. Let me see if I can find it here right quick. I got one minute. <laughs> it's going to be hard for me to find it and get it out in one minute. What was say, verse number 11. Hold on. I jotted that down somewhere on my head of myself. I lost it. Yeah, here it is. 
One of their own prophets described the Cretans as liars. They would be about, in other words, uh, you lie. Some people would come around and they say, you lie like a Cretan. And the evil, evil beast means lawless and ungovernable. That's what that term means, evil beast. In their behavior, they, believe, they behave themselves like animals, they said. And it goes on, slow bellies mean the Cretans were idle, gluttons. They were also known for their cruelty. One of their kings, the first king they said that they ever had, he, when he offered his sacrifice, he offered them unto a, 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 an, a, a idol that had a human body and a monster's type head. And every year, I think it was, he would offer seven girls and seven boys as a human sacrifice to this particular idol. They were a wicked, ungodly bunch of people. Liars. Evil. They conducted themselves like animals. They were cruel. And this is where Paul has left Timothy, and he says, I want you to go into those churches, and we got to quit. And I'll tell you, we'll, we'll look <laughs> at it next week. But hey, that's, that's where he's at. Boy, you think, you think, that's a hard thing to work with. It's amazing to me they even got a church established there in that place. But let's, let's have a word of prayer. We'll come back and look at some more next week. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love, mercy, and grace. God, help us as your children that we'll conduct ourselves in a manner and a way that will bring glory and honor to your name, that this world might see Christ in us for the glory of God. Be with our pastor as he preaches. Bless the sound system. Bless the ones playing the instruments and doing the singing, the choir, and everything that goes on here. May it be done for the glory of God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and ask it. Amen. You dismissed.